General Aviation Podcast from the UK Civil Aviation Authority. Hello and welcome to the UK CAA's General Aviation Podcast. My name is Alex Blomley and it's great to be able to bring you this first podcast for GA for 2023. There's a couple of topics and updates I wanted to share with you at the beginning. So some of you may remember, um, we had a couple of uh, consultations running uh, last autumn. So the pilot medical declaration review ran last year. And a few weeks ago, fairly recently, we published an update to that consultation. Um, So we did share that via SkyWise. But if any of you may have missed that, uh, we will put some links in the notes. And also lots and lots of you responded to the licensing consultation. So we're very grateful for that. It is a very important piece of work. So we're very, very pleased that so many of you engaged with that project. And we are imminently about to publish a consultation review document on that, really setting out clearly what we found in the consultation and what our next steps are going to be. And I think uh, if you remember the last podcast we shared on this topic, this is going to be a bit of a multi-phase, multi-year project. So uh, yeah, look out for that update. And once we've got that, we'll share that with you for Skywise. Which reminds me that if those of you listening are not subscribed to Skywise, do please subscribe. It is free and it means that you get updates on all of our projects, activities, consultations that affect you as GA pilots and and members of the GA community. So do please sign up to Skywise and I'll make sure that um, there's some details on how to do that in the podcast notes as well. And a few things that we've been publishing, I know a lot of you really like the Safety Sense leaflets that we're currently going through and updating. I just wanted to mention our most recently published Safety Sense leaflet on radio telephony, or RT for short. I mentioned that because there was also a really good Astral Aviation Consulting workshop. Astral do support us as a third party safety promotional agency, and they run a series of workshops throughout the year on various different topics that you, the community, tell us you'd like to hear more about. So, radio telephony is one. It was a really, really good session. And off the back of that and obviously off the back of the Safety Sense leaflet, we're also going to be publishing a new podcast on RT. One of my colleagues, David Pratt, is pulling that together at the moment. So that will come out in a few weeks time. So do please look out for that as well. But yeah, do read the Safety Sense leaflet on RT. It's one of those ones that is really good to brush up on, particularly as we're coming into everyone getting back into flying for perhaps those who may have not been flying over the winter. And um, it was something that was echoed in the recent chirp GA feedback form report that they produce as well, that communications is one of those things that they're finding people need to um, perhaps be a bit bit hotter on. So um, we recommend having a read through that. And yeah, watch the workshop playback as well for Astral, some really good, interesting hints and tips there. And if there are topics that you might like to see done in workshop form for Astral, or perhaps you'd like us to have a chat about on the podcast, do please drop us a line at gapodcast.caa.co.uk and uh, we can explore those topics as well. And now we're going to talk about weather. And some of you may have attended a workshop hosted by Astral Aviation Consulting last December on cloud watching. And for those of you who may have missed this, we have added the playback video of this workshop in the podcast notes, as well as a link to all the workshops Astral have hosted. And today we're joined by Joe Aston, who's an experienced aviation meteorologist and sits within our policy and regulation section. And Joe was also a panel member at that cloud watching workshop that uh, I just mentioned. 
Um, hello, Joe. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Hi, Alex. Thanks. It's great to be here. Now, Joe, for those listening who may not know who you are, can I please ask you to introduce yourself and uh, your role at the CAA and also maybe a little bit about your background as well, please? Sure. Thanks. Yeah, of course. So um, I've previously spent 15 years at the Met Office as a specialist aviation meteorologist working at various civil and military aerodromes. And uh, most recently, I managed the Met Office team at Heathrow. Um, So that combination has given me a pretty broad experience of both global and domestic forecasting for aviation at all flight levels. And it's included several overseas deployments and support of military exercises as well. I'm now working at the CAA, providing subject matter expertise as the MET technical officer. And that's supporting the development of UK MET policy and oversight and regulation of MET observing services provided at civil aerodromes and of the forecasts and warnings that the MET office also provide. And as the CAA's MET technical officer, my role involves working with my CAA colleagues and industry to make sure that their endeavours are aligned with national and international ICAO requirements. Thank you for that, Joe. So a topic that has popped up from time to time and a question that we do get asked regularly by uh, GA pilots, and in fact, I think it did even come up at the workshop itself, is what is GAMET? And I wondered if you'd be able to share with us what this is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. The gamut replaced a previous product um, that many listeners would have been familiar with, and that was the old area forecast that was specifically provided for low-level flights, which was called the AirMet. But today, the gamut continues to provide that forecast information specifically in support of low-level flying. It replaced the AirMet following a review, which found that the improvements could be made by rationalising and modernising the AirMet. And so following consultation with the GA community, the new gamut service was introduced in 2020. And that also enabled the UK to properly align with ICAO and at the time EU requirements as well. The gamut ensures that GA pilots have access to a range of relevant weather information that's consistent with the UK's obligations under ICAO. And it's presented in a way that can be used optimally by GA. That's not to say that the content of the airmets didn't provide valuable information. But airmets, according to ICAO, are more constrained in terms of their format, so coding and period of validity. And that doesn't always best serve the varied requirements of the GA community. So you mentioned that Gamut came in in 2020. So what does this change realistically mean for GA pilots? Okay, so the new Gamut service introduced improvements such as better alignment with other forecast products. And it also provided enhanced forecast formats, including a clearer PDF format, as well as an alphanumeric version, which enables dissemination via aeronautical networks, such as AFTN and AHMS. The forecasts are written in a concise, plain language, and gamuts also have the advantage of being area specific. So there are four fixed areas of the UK, the North, Central, Southwest and Southeast. And with a gamut forecast routinely produced for each area every six hours. And furthermore, the validity period of the gamuts is now the same as the F215. So that's the UK low-level SIG weather chart. And hopefully that helps pilots to plan on consistent weather forecast information. And it contains a regional and national outlook, um, which we're hoping that um, pilots also find useful for advanced planning. Um, What we would recommend is using the gamut when pre-flight planning as its important tool for gaining situational awareness for the intended flight. It can help the pilot assess the likely conditions that might be encountered from departure en route, um, including potential alternatives identified by the pilot as part of the planning process and at the destination. In other words, using the gamut to help 
sort of inform the pilot's threat and error management for weather-related decision-making. Thank you for that, Joe. So I understand we're also updating the chapter we have on meteorology in our Skyway Code. So all of you listening, Skyway Code is currently in its version 3 format, and it's going through a little bit of an update at the moment, and the next section on that will be updated. Will we be consistent with the details you've just shared? Yeah, that's right, Alex. That review is currently taking place at the moment and the update is likely to be published later on this year. Okay, so just taking you back to the Astral Workshop um, that you attended, that focused on clouds and specifically how clouds can affect the weather and weather considerations for GA pilots when planning their flight. And in your experience, what are the factors you would really stress GA pilots when preparing for their next flight take into consideration? Okay, so... I just mentioned that threat and error management for weather-related decision-making, and that's a topic that the CA is really keen to stress in relation to flight preparation. Uh, t and management for weather-related decisions means making the most effective use of a pilot's knowledge and understanding of weather phenomena and the weather briefing products that are available. So, for example, we've just recently seen an extended period of high pressure across most of the UK. And whilst that's been you know, quite a nice dry high pressure, it can often lead to large amounts of cloud being trapped under the ridge um, from weak or decaying fronts. And the cloud can be thick enough then to generate a little bit of rain and drizzle. And thus uh, there's a risk then of poor visibility in places. And this time of year, the length of the day is also a really key consideration. At this time of year, the nights can be very cold with risk of fog forming under any clear skies. But in the daytime, the temperatures are starting to rise and that can improve conditions. And the freezing level can also be surprisingly low at the moment, and that can lead to the risk of in-flight icing if clouds encountered. So METARs and TAS reflect the weather at an airfield, but they don't necessarily capture the risks in the surrounding area, such as that which maybe a nearby set of hills might bring. And this is where the gamut can assist. So the gamut covers a specific smaller area and expands on what's contained within the F215, the low-level chart. It provides the freezing level, low level wind, turbulence information, and much more detail around cloud height and ounce as well. And when the 215 and the gamut are used together, you get a much better, wider situational awareness. And then you can drill down to a local level. So they become a really extremely useful tool for users. The other thing you could do is use threat and error management approach for kind of longer term preparation. So, for example, ahead of the forthcoming 23 main flying season, you could refresh your knowledge of prevailing conditions in the area you'll be flying, particularly if you're new to an area, or maybe remind yourself of what to look out for during a typical sort of seasonal conditions. We're starting to move now out of a period of winter weather with that frost and fog and into a season with potential for thunderstorms. And that's a particularly kind of relevant hazard. You know, flight in and around cumulonimbus clouds, commonly known as CBs, that are associated with thunderstorms is highly dangerous. And there's you know, numerous hazards that's involved in that. So the interaction between strong updrafts, downdrafts within a CB, that can cause wind shear and severe turbulence in and around the cloud, as well as severe icing. Winds can be variable in direction and strength. That's common at the surface level in the vicinity of a CB. And that can be particularly hazardous to aircraft on takeoff or landing. And in severe cases, that can also produce microbursts and funnel clouds. Aircraft in the vicinity of a CB are also risk, at risk of being hit by lightning or hail, which can cause significant structural damage to an aircraft. So it's worth bearing in mind, you know, it isn't just high temperatures that can cause thunderstorms. Example of this would be a sea breeze. 
In the summer, a sea breeze can cause in areas of enhanced convection. So it's always worth looking out for trough lines. They're the solid black lines that you see on weather charts. It's important to know and understand these weather hazards and where you can find information on them that's relevant to your flight. Thank you for that, Joan. I think what's really interesting in the way that you talk about different clouds and formations is that I think it's easy for us sometimes to just focus on winter weather as being a worry, you know, in terms of icing and those visual impacts that you can see in the, in the winter weather. And I think it's really interesting, the potential concern that geo pilots should have with the weather improving and likely to get things like thunderstorms and different impacts that can happen that you might not necessarily associate with being a threat at this time of year. Because I suppose in theory, the weather's looking better, you know, it's got some nice sunny weather, it feels a bit drier. And I think it's a very useful reminder to everyone of those sorts of hidden hazards almost that you might not necessarily consider at this time of year with with the weather improving. Yeah, absolutely. And I've definitely seen, Alex, you know, over the years, I think it's so worthwhile having a refresher ahead of a particular season because when you're flying or, you know, working as a meteorologist within, you know, a winter situation, you get your head really into that kind of winter weather. Then suddenly a thunderstorm comes along and you think, oh no, hang on, how do I deal with this? So any type of refresher in knowledge is really good ahead of it at the next kind of season. Thank you for that, Joan. I understand there are some additional resources that you'd like to share. Yeah, absolutely. So if the listeners would like to find out more, um, then the full details of the gamut can be found on the Met Office website and we can share those links in the podcast notes. And I'd also recommend looking at the Met Office website generally, because there's a lot of specialist aviation meteorological resources available to GAO pilots on there. The Met Office is the UK's designated Met service provider and as such provides an online aviation briefing portal. You do need a login, but it is free to register. And on there, you'll find all of the products that um, we've mentioned today, as well as additional briefing charts, uh, information for balloonists and a really good map with weather overlays. So you can add on radar, satellite, lightning, and including model forecast data for winds and clouds and precipitation as well. In addition, if you're looking to refresh your weather knowledge, then I'd also recommend the Met Office website. But in particular, they'll learn about the Weather YouTube channel. It contains like bite-sized videos. They're only about sort of two to five minutes long, but on all sorts of topics, which include things such as air masses, fog formation, how to read a chart, sea breezes, weather fronts, and, and many, many more on there as well. Thank you for that. So really lots and lots of helpful information there. And as I said, we will include all of the links to these items in the podcast notes. So please do check these out. We do all encourage you to look, especially as the seasons are changing, it's always worth being prepared uh, from a weather perspective as people start preparing for their spring flights. And Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Weather is a serious consideration for GA pilots, as we've discussed, and we really appreciate your time today. So if any of you listening do have any questions for Joe, either on what we've covered today or perhaps other weather topics you'd be interested in hearing more about, do please get in touch with us at gapodcast.ca.co.uk. We'll endeavour to respond to those inquiries and maybe even invite Joe back for another chat about weather considerations. It is an important topic and one that we are keen to support you all on. So thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. And now we're going to have a chat with Lucy Wooten. And we were really fortunate to be able to travel to see her at Towerson Aerodrome, where she's based with the Light Aircraft Association. And we're going to take you to that interview now. 
listening to the General Aviation Podcast from the UK Civil Aviation Authority. We've taken a trip down to Turiston Aerodrome to see Lucy Wooten from the LAA. Hello, Lucy. Nice to see you. Hello. Nice to see you too. And Lucy's very kindly um, offered to have a little chat with us today about all the different things that GA pilots like yourselves listening today need to have a think about uh, when getting back into the air this spring. 1st of March was the official start of spring this year. Um, Some of you may have been flying over the winter. Some of you may have put your aircraft into the hangar uh, and will perhaps be getting ready to to take airborne and get get ready to fly again over the coming weeks and months. So we thought it'd be nice to have a chat with Lucy. Lucy, for those of you who don't know, is the relatively newly appointed Chief Inspector at the Light Aircraft Association. So we thought she'd be the perfect person to talk to you about this today. So Lucy, um, it'd be great if you could sort of share the the top things that GA pilots really need to be considering when they're getting ready to get back in the air. Of course. So I've got a few things to to mention. So I'll start with thinking about birds' nests and rodents. If you've had your aircraft in long layup in the hangar over the winter or even outside, um, then it's particularly important to check for any birds' nests, for example, in the the engine under the cows or in other areas well down the fuselage. So have a good look all around. Also, mice can get into really small areas, smaller than you might think, and they could chew through some of the wiring or chew the straps. So again, really important to just check everywhere for signs of damage from those. Another area to think about is any rubber components. So for example, your tyres that might have perished over winter. Also any other rubber components, so hoses in the engine as well. Also make sure your tyres are pumped up, like with your car if you leave it for a long time. Potentially it's going to slowly go down, so make sure you've got the right tyre pressures. And then other areas to think about would be any fluids that might have leaked out. Um, For example, brake fluid again is an important one. Check the, the lines going to the brakes, make sure they're secure and there isn't any fluid leaking out. Also, if you think about your instruments and the pneumatic tubes that feed them, there may have been insects that got in the tubes over winter. Hopefully you'll have had a, a pito cover covering the pito head, so nothing should have got in there, but potentially your ASI might not work if you have something blocking the tube or if water's got in there, for example. And lastly, the thing I was going to mention, last thing to mention is fuel. So it's really important if you haven't flown your aircraft for ages to drain the fuel out and fill it with fresh fuel. And then as you would do with any uh, check A before you went flying, make sure you take a small amount of fuel out of each of the fuel drains and check to see if there's any water that's in, got in the fuel. And I think that's about it for main areas that I can think of. Lucy, thank you so much for that. That's really helpful. And uh, obviously you fly yourself and no doubt you'll be running through your own checks in preparation for your next flights. What is it that you always make sure that you check before you go? So a really important thing, it sounds simple, is making sure that the fuel's switched on. Um, so I fly different aircraft. So sometimes I'm flying a glider tug, which is a super monk. And that's got a fuel switch in the front and back. So if I'm flying it from the front without anyone in the back, I want to make sure that the fuel's on in both cockpits uh, before I go flying. Then sometimes I fly a PA-28. That's got left and right fuel tanks. So I want to make sure I've selected a tank and the right one uh, before I go flying. Then something like a Cessna 152, it's down, down underneath your legs there. So I want to make sure it's turned on there. So depending on which aircraft you're in, just make sure you've selected, well, turn the fuel on and selected the right tank for whatever you're in. Thank you, Lucy. That's a great top tip. Um, And thank you so much for having us today. We've really enjoyed uh, spending time with you and thanks for your support. Thanks for coming. It's been great to meet you. And so it was great to head down to Toaston Aerodrome and meet with Lucy Wooten.
And as was mentioned there, Lucy Wooten is the first female and youngest chief inspector that the Light Aircraft Association has had. So we really look forward to working with her more and um, we wish her lots of luck in her role there. And just to echo some of Lucy's points, we have produced a return to flying pre-flight checklist animation. So do please watch that. It's got some really helpful hints and tips. And I know that some of you listening might think, well, it's all a bit, you know, obvious, but things do still get forgotten. It's quite, um, it's quite worrying sometimes when you read some of the AIB reports or incidents that happen or MOR reports, etc. And sometimes the most simplest thing can be the thing that we overlook when we're getting ready to go flying. So it is worth a watch. And to supplement those thoughts there shared by Lucy, we've also produced a video where she's sharing her top tips and things to look out for uh, when you're getting ready to go flying. So really, really good reminders again there. Uh, so we would recommend having a watch of that. And I also just wanted to mention quickly, we do have another podcast series that we run called Safety Files. And we recently um, issued a podcast looking at rejected takeoffs and takeoff decision making principles for GA pilots. So I have included some notes on that in the podcast notes, various links, etc. And we also issued a clear article on rejected takeoffs as well. So do have a read of that. And yeah, check out that podcast as well, because it does have some other interesting um, soundbites for GA, which you might find interesting. We're now officially into British summertime, so we wish you all lots of happy flying days. And again, yes, if there's anything you'd like us to cover here, updates you're interested in hearing about, projects we might be running, etc., then do please drop us a line at gapodcast.ca.co.uk. We'll do our very best to um, pull that information together for you. So thank you so much for listening. Do please check out those links of those various different bits and pieces that I've mentioned today. I've put all of those into the podcast notes. And also look out for our next podcast on RT. It should be a good one. I've had a quick listen. Lots of really interesting experiences there that we're going to share. So that sounds like that should be a really good one as well. So thank you again and uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for listening. This is the CAA General Aviation Podcast.